So that's pretty awesome. I'd like for the rest of you, if you would, take your Bibles with me. And we're going to look in the book of Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2, and the title of this message today is The Ultimate Mom. The Ultimate Mom. But before we get into this message, I just want to give you time to find it. You have a few people that want to say hi to you. Watch the screen, will you? I love my mom because she loves me back. I love my mom because she's nice and she helps me at homework. I love my mom because she's funny. I love my mom because she makes the best food ever and because she's always taking care of me. I love my mom because she raised me in church. My mom because she uh, helps me do my projects and stuff for school. I love my mom because she's awesome. I love my mom because she's the one introduced me to Jesus Christ. And I also love her because she care of me, oh my boo-boos. Thanks mom, love you. I love my mom because she feeds me and gives me a house. My mom because she's always there. Um, my mommy holds me when I am sad. I love my mom because she allows me to be hardcore. I love my mom because she's funny, she's perfect, and she's my best friend. I love my mother because she didn't strangle me as a child. I love my mom because she packs my lunch every day for me. I love my mom because she drives me to school when I miss the bus. I love my mom for raising me in church, showing me what a loving marriage looks like, and attempting to use very smart college words and saying things like ambidextrous. My mom because she feeds me. I love my mom because she is always there for me no matter what. If I ever need anything, I know I can go to her, and I know that she'll be up at three o'clock in the morning worrying about me all the Yeah, that was great. That was great. I'm sorry we couldn't get all of you on the screen, but there's a few of you, okay? And the rest of you, please take a moment today and say, I love you to your mother. The ultimate mom in Exodus chapter 2. And I'm well aware that Mother's Day brings... Uh, uh, all kinds of emotions to our minds and our hearts. I, I understand that. I used to think that if, if someone was sad on Mother's Day, they just need to get over it until my mother passed away 18 years ago, and now I, I get it, okay? Um, some of you didn't have the greatest moms in the world. Uh, some of you had wonderful moms. Some of you have a great relationship. Some of you think your mom is perfect. Way to go, Cindy. You did something right. Um, some of you say, not so much. Um, we, we just have um, a, a variety of thoughts on this. So let me talk about the elephant in the room today. The elephant in the room is this. There has never been a perfect mom. I don't... <gasps> There's never been a perfect mom. If you are a mom, guess what? You had made mistakes. If your mom has made mistakes, guess what? No mom is perfect. My mom was one of the most amazing people that ever walked on planet Earth. She loved me. She loved God. She loved my dad. She loved us five kids. She made our lunches. 
She was there for us when we came home from school. She guided me. She prayed for me. She cooked for me. She did my laundry. She was an amazing woman. But there was also those times when she accused me of doing things I didn't do. It was my brother Jeff. <laughs> Jeff got away with murder. Be careful of that youngest one. They can get away with stuff. There was also a time when my mother slapped me right in the mouth when I was trying to explain myself. I was innocent. She slapped me. It hurt. About six months later, she came and apologized. But I still remember it. There were times that she would take a switch. How many of you under 30 know what a switch is? And it was a branch off of a tree. And I would do something wrong. And she would make me go out to the tree and choose my own switch. And I didn't know whether to get a big thick one that would club me or a skinny one that would whip me, you know, just. And I would take forever and she'd yell, Danny, get that switch in here now. So I would bring it in and honestly, she would leave welts on me that would last for weeks. And then I would, she would take the switch and lean it beside the refrigerator for a week to remind me. <laughs> to my knowledge, I never slapped my children in the mouth. To my knowledge, I never took a switch to my children. I personally think that's too far. My mother was a wonderful woman. I honor her. If you know me, you know how much I love my mom. But my mom was not perfect. There's never been a perfect mom. Don't expect perfection out of your mother. But she still brought you into this world, and she brought life to you. And the Bible says that we need to honor our moms. And that's one reason that we're here today. Kids still need moms. In our scripture today, we're going to be looking at a mom that was an amazing woman. Her name was Jochebed. Everybody say Jochebed. Isn't that crazy? Um, those of you that are pregnant today, you might want to consider that for a name for your child. <laughs> she, was, she was a very godly woman. And, and, and she loved God with all of her heart. And, you know, we know the later years of Moses. She was the mother of Moses. And we know the later years of Moses. We know that Moses was the son of Pharaoh. We know that he led the Israelites out of Egypt. We know he raised his staff and he, the, the, the Red Sea split and they walked in. And we know that he, he led the children of Israel right up to the promised land. We know a lot about Moses in his later years. But what, what about Moses' childhood? What kind of childhood did he have? And I want us to look at that today. It was a very, a very dark time of history. Right now, the light should dim, and it was a dark time in history. And, and the sun was going down. It was a bad time. There were so, they, they were under slavery. The Hebrews were under slavery. 
There were so many babies being born, and they were so strong that, that they were beginning to take over the whole nation of Egypt. And Pharaoh was beginning to fear. He's going to say there's going to be more slaves than there are us, and we need to get rid of the slaves. So here's what he said in that time of history. He said, I want every, I command every male baby that is born to be taken to the Nile River and drowned. Imagine drowning my son Aaron, Nathan, Wes, Isaiah, drowned. Well, this young couple were trying to figure out how to raise their children in a hard time like this, where it was wrong to have a child. Bad environment. But one day, as it was, Am Amram, the father, winked at Jacobed. And they had a child. You can go home and talk about that if you want to. But that's what happened. In the midst of all the, the, the trouble, in the midst of this terrible world, they were going to bring a child into this terrible world. And some of you that are, are young and you're excited about having a family, people of age saying, wow, what a hard time to bring a child into the world. But you know what? If God is in this, he's going to protect your child. And you're supposed to do this. This is awesome, okay? So, so here, here's what we have here. We see, how do they raise this child? Jochebed, we're just going to focus on her because she's the mom in today's Mother's Day. She was a mom with great faith. This baby was born, but look what they had to do in verse 1 and 2. Chapter 2 of Exodus, verse 1 and 2. Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. She hid him for three months. The reason is, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 said, she hid this child by faith because she loved the God of heaven more than she feared the God of this world. She trusted that God was going to take care of the baby, even though it was a very hard time to raise a baby. Parents, you need to be thankful for this scripture like this. So, so they loved the God of heaven more, but they had to keep this child quiet for three months. That would take faith, wouldn't it? Three months, you're going to keep a baby quiet? Have you ever tried to keep a baby quiet for three months? How about three hours? Three minutes. three minutes. How do you do it? It's not an easy task. Then I can hear, I can hear Jacobed. Aaron, quit teasing your baby brother. You're going to make him cry. I can see Moses starting to cry because he's a baby. And I can see Jacobed saying, hey, Miriam, because she was, she was an older child. She was about 11. Aaron was about three. So Moses was the third child. And I can see her talking to the older girl and say, Miriam, you need to keep him quiet. I think I hear somebody coming. You know, at the time, it just, you have to imagine the tension here. And I'm assuming that Pharaoh would send the army into the different houses and do a house-to-house -house search. Or when Jochebed would go to the market, there were soldiers out there, and they were looking for anyone that looked pregnant. <laughs> that would be a hard job. And, and then follow up and keep going to their house. 
and to see if they were going to have a baby. So not only was she had to hide this baby, but it seemed like for the later months of her pregnancy, she had to actually hide herself because she was going to be found to be with child, and they were going to take that baby, if it was a boy, and throw him into the, the river. Terrible time to raise a child. Terrible time. Nearly impossible to keep a child quiet for three months. And these parents risked their life for their child. They were willing to give their life for their child. I want you to know if you are a dependent in this room today, your parents would risk their life for you. Parents, it's time for you to say amen. amen. This, you, would, you would risk your life for your children. And this is what was happening here. And if they didn't, if they didn't hide him, then Pharaoh's army would come and take him out of their arms and feed him literally to the crocodiles. That was the day they lived. They had to keep this baby quiet. They had to keep this baby alive. And after three months, it was getting way too hard to do that. So they had to make a decision and we see now that not only was Jochebed a mom of faith, she was a mom with a plan. So here we see in verse number 3, when she, when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds among the bank of the Nile. Here's what she did. She had a plan. She got a basket. And then she went down to the Nile and she got some tar that was near the, the, the coast or the, the bank. And she would take it and just smear the basket all around, up, all around the sides, the bottom, making sure that the basket was going to be watertight. Being a mom, you know what she would do then. She would take something soft and she would place it inside the basket, be some straw, some hay, probably a handmade blanket of some sort, something soft. And she placed Moses in that basket. Now, I used to think that she would go down to the river and place the basket in the river and sing, Que Sarah, Sarah. And it would just kind of end up, you know, where it would end up. That's not what happened. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible said that she took the basket and she went, among, went to the Nile and there were reeds. You know the reeds, they're about so wide and real tall and they kind of wave in the wind, but they're strong at the base. And she took this basket, she had a plan, and she went down to the river Nile and she, she knew exactly where to put it and she placed it right there. It wasn't going anywhere in the current, it was stuck in the reeds. We're going to see why. She had a plan. That's what the Bible said. She placed it among the reeds. She didn't know what to do. She had a great faith in God. She devised the best plan that she knew, and she trusted God with the results. She had to hide her baby. She was also a mother that was very prepared. So I'm confident that she, she really identified the, the, the habits of Pharaoh's daughter, the princess. She knew the time the princess was going to bathe. She knew the place the princess was going to bathe. She was watching for a while. She knew something was going to have to happen to Moses, and she knew what to do. And she also reasoned, if I put the basket right here, when Pharaoh's daughter would come, she would either see the basket or hear the baby crying in the basket. She knew exactly what she was doing. She was going to take care of her child and trust God with the rest. Parents, you can't always be with your children. 
You can't always be with your children. You place them in the best care. You do the best you know to do. You put them right there where God wants you to put them. And then you must trust God to take care of your children. And this is what was happening here with Jochebed. I believe also that she rehearsed the whole thing with Miriam, the 11-year-old daughter. Miriam, I want you to stand there. I want you to act like this. I want you to say this when there's an opportunity for you to talk, and they begin to rehearse it. I would think that Miriam would say, if you're 11 years old, what are you going to say? I mean, you're going to be talking to the, the highness, the princess of the land. And she would probably say, Mom, I can't do that. And I could hear Jochebed saying to her 11-year-old daughter, Honey, I know you can do this. Honey, this is important. Honey, God's going to watch over you. God's going to help you. But I want you to practice, and I want you to stand, and I want you to act like, like it's no big deal. You just have to act like everything is just, you just happen to be walking by. I want you to act like you, you're not set up. It has to be in, what's the word, impromptu. You have to act like it's spontaneous. And then the moment came. Just like on cue, look at verse number four. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbed. She saw the basket among the reeds, because that's exactly where, where Miriam put, or uh, um, Jacobet put it, saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. So here's what happened. The, the, the princess, she went, she began to bathe. She saw this, Miriam standing over there. Now what's going to happen? Imagine Jochebed at this moment. There's no mother in the world that has any problem understanding the emotions. Because Jochebed is standing over here, watching her baby in a basket over here, watching the princess come down, watching her daughter over there, and she's standing over here, scared out of her mind. What's going to happen to my baby? Lord, you gave this baby to me, and now I'm scared, and, and, and if this princess, if she doesn't have a mother's heart, she's going to drown my baby right in front of my eyes. She had to be going through all kinds of emotions. She's probably peeking around the guitar, <laughs> peeking around the tree, peeking around the reeds. I want to see what's going on. She's probably on her tiptoes. Her heart's beating like crazy. Her throat is dry. You understand what's going on. She's just having a... This, this, this is her baby. This is her baby. How could she possibly know what the princess was going to do? How could she possibly know? And I could hear her whispering to herself, God, I did my best. Now what's going to happen to my baby? God, I did all I know to do. You must take care of my baby. Wow, what a mom. All she could do was just a trust that God was going to give that princess, love and compassion in a mother's heart. She had to do this. So what would the princess do? Look at verse number six. She opened it, opened the basket. She saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. Hallelujah. She felt sorry for him. She wasn't going to drown him. She felt her dad. Her dad's the one that said drown all the male babies. 
She was coming against her dad. She was coming against Pharaoh. She was coming against the most powerful man in the land. But God worked in her heart because a mother was praying for that baby. you got to get the picture of everything that's happening here. And she said, this is one of the Hebrew babies. The baby was crying. The baby was scared. The baby was hungry. Jochebed's over here going absolutely nuts. And what does the Bible say happened next? All of a sudden, Miriam pops out. And she had to act like she just came upon this. And she went up and she said something like this. Oh, a baby. Let me see the baby. The baby is, and you're crying. Highness, your highness, would you like me to find someone to nurse that baby? She had to act like she didn't know what was going on. She couldn't act like it was her brother because they would drown the baby. Would you like me to find somebody to nurse that baby? What, what did the princess say? The princess, you can read it right here, right here in the scripture. The, the nurse said in verse number eight, yes, go, find someone. She said, okay, I'll find somebody. As a matter of fact, it looks like there's somebody right over here. <laughs> That's what happened. Here's Jacobed. Now, imagine. Imagine because Jacobed now needed all kind of wisdom because the, the, the scripture, when, when, when Miriam went to get, get Jacobed, she would never tell the princess, hey, that's, that's the baby's mom. So she's over here. Here's the wisdom. If you were the mom, Nikki, what would you do? You got to run to the baby. You did that, and the baby drowns. You're a servant. You're a slave. The highness is giving you an order. You have to walk up relaxed. You have to walk up like it's no big deal. Her heart is going crazy. She can't smile. She can't have that mother's love in her eyes. And she sees the baby and she has to act like, okay, it's a baby. If you want me to do this, I'm a servant. I have to do this. And you would hope that when she looked at the baby, the baby wouldn't look up and say, Mama. That would be bad. That would be bad. And here's what the princess said. Verse 9. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Take this baby and nurse him. And I will pay you. She gets her baby back. And she gets money to do it. She's a slave. A slave got money for nothing. They got paid for nothing. They had to do everything just because they were a slave. She is being more blessed than any other woman in the land because she held on to the promise of God. And she prayed for her baby. And she trusted God to take care of her baby. And God blessed her for it. And she got to hold the baby close to her. She got to nurse the baby. And she got money to do it. How many of you moms would like to get paid for being a mom? God rewarded her faith. 
God rewarded her love. We come to the end of this story. It's kind of a sad story. Because we don't know how long that she kept Moses. The Bible doesn't say. But when the highness was here, giving the baby to this slave woman, there was an understanding that at some point, the slave woman would have to give the baby back. And this princess was going to raise this baby as her own. So Jochebed held that baby, taught that baby, trained that baby, spoke life into that baby, told that baby about the things of God. And the reason I know that, because the Bible says that he was growing. He wasn't grown yet, but he was growing, and she still had him. So it was probably past the, 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 uh, the nursing years, and probably, as we would call, preschool. And you can teach your child a lot in those preschool years. And that's why we had our conference, Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9, that we are to train our children in the ways of the Lord. And, and I believe with all of my heart that Jochebed, not knowing how long she would have her child, was going to teach him the principles of God that were going to be with him the rest of his life. Parents, you really don't know how long you're going to have your children at home. Some of you think, well, at 18, they might, go home. They might leave. <laughs> they might. <laughs> they might come back. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know what the future holds. But here's what we do know. That God has placed within a mom and dad the responsibility to train our children in the ways of the Lord. And this is exactly what Jochebed and Amram did. They raised him in the ways of the Lord. And then this mother trusted God. Verse number 10. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses, saying, I drew him out of the water. Jochebed now had to take this son. And I want you to get the picture. You know Jochebed did not initiate this. But Pharaoh's court initiated this. So it was time to say goodbye. And you could say, God, why? Why would you give him back and then he has to leave? Great question. I hope I have an answer in a moment. I could see her saying to Moses, now his name wasn't Moses, and for all you Bible freaks, okay, I understand that. She was the Pharaoh's daughter named him Moses. But, but, but I guess Jochebed would say, Moses, I want you to go hug your daddy goodbye. Imagine that scene. Thinking you'll never see him again. I want you to go hug Miriam so he would hug his big sister. Go hug Aaron, his little, his big, big brother. Go hug, hug Aaron. Honey, go get your favorite toy. Let's put this jacket on you that I made for you. 
than she did one of these. You know, you got to slick down the hair, right? Slick down the hair. Grabbed me by the hand. Said, come on, honey. Let's go. Could you do it? Could you do it? And she took him to Pharaoh's daughter. And away he went. He was raised in a different world, a different culture. He called somebody else mom. Jochebed prayed for him every day of his life. She didn't know what he was getting into. She didn't know what he was doing. She knew that the culture was totally different. The culture was so anti-God that she was putting her little boy into a world that was a, a train wreck. God! Why? But she trusted God. She trusted God. Here's what happened. Moses went into that world, and he learned all the things of that world, good things. He learned how to lead. He learned how to be an administrator. He learned how to lead people. He learned how to speak. He learned how to, I know he had trouble speaking, but he learned how, how to get his point across. He, he became very wise in the ways of the world. He became very educated. Now, here's what God did. God knew that in 40 years from now, he was going to need a leader. 80 years from now, he was going to need a leader. And here's what he did. He picked a little boy that was raised in the ways of God, and then he was educated, and he mixed those two together, and Moses became became a great leader who led the entire nation of Israel out of slavery. And he never forgot his roots that mom and dad put in him. Mom and dad, let me just say this. If you raise your child in the ways of God, good for you. You weren't perfect but you still got that in them. And then the child has to make a decision. Are they going to follow the ways of God? Are they going to follow what they have taught or not? And some of the children, some of our children in this place, I hate to even, they, they have their, their own will. And some may go out there and do some really stupid things. But you know what? They were taught better. And that root is inside of them. And the truth is inside of them. And God's love is inside of them. And no matter how far they go, no one could get further away from God than Moses at that time. He's in a completely different world. But the truth of God that the parents put in him stuck with him all the days of his life. And one day he had a vis visitation of God and he came back to his roots. And I'm praying for all of our children to come back to the roots the way that they were taught and trained because moms and dads in this room love their children enough to raise them in the ways of God. Wow. What a great story. Psalm 30, verse 5. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. This night for Jochebed was a long night. But boy, the joy came when the people were set free because of her son 
who came back to his roots. You know, there's an old saying, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy. Well, you, 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 you can take the boy out of the godly influence, but you can't take the godly principles out of the boy. And if you raise them and train them, and that's why some of our children who have just gone, done dumb things, that's why they're so miserable today, because they have that godly root that they're trying to run away from, and they can't run away from God. You cannot run so far that God's not there. And this is what Jochebed found out, and that her son was going to be okay as she trusted God. This lady had faith. She had a plan. She was prepared. She walked in wisdom, and she trusted God. Are you trusting God with your children today? Those of you who have children at home, I want you, please, here's your homework. I want you to hug those kids and love those kids and laugh with those kids and play with those kids and teach those kids and get on the floor with those kids and do just have a blast because those days don't last long. If your kids are grown, you work on a relationship with your kids. And, and if you raise them in the ways of, of the Lord, you probably, when they're... 40 years old, you probably don't have to say, now you know you shouldn't be doing that. They already know they shouldn't be doing that. Let God deal with them. Our job is to love them. Our job is to care for them. Our job is to be there for them. Our job is to open up a, a highway so that when they have a need and they're ready to talk, they know they can still come and talk to mom and dad. Man, Jochebed. What a woman, raising her children, and they never left the truth. It was always inside of Moses. You've been listening to a sermon from Louisville First Assembly. For more information, visit www.firstagonline.com. That's www.firstagonline.com.